0: We are back and we know you have missed us man oh man season 17 of the good newscast um No, i'm not sure what season we're on um we are back we are going to uh do a bit of an intro um podcast to season three it actually is season three I is have it to, season three i have to label each episode season as we just did season two okay. unbeknownst to you good um season 3 we are going to give a couple quick um summer highlights. It's July 22nd as we're recording this will probably go up on the 23rd. Summer highlights uh barbecue review. Oh man. Barbecue review we're going to do barbecue uh reviews. We're going to pr- try to hit a barbecue spot uh every week um uh or every other week or whatever and then uh review it here on the podcast. And then, uh, and then some going to hear from Jeff on uh, what's coming up at our church, Redeemer in Waco. Um, some of the teaching series coming up, where, why, yeah, they're a little, coming from little of the back, yeah, background, background, some of the Good. biblical content. Um, so summer highlight,
1: man. First of all, how about that barbecue?
0: Oh, I thought you were going to say, first of all, how about that mustache? <laughs> You are sporting a good mustache, uh, Yeah, that barbecue It's like Wyatt Earp.
1: It's a Wyatt Earp
0: mustache. I don't know who that is. You don't know who Wyatt Earp is? Uh-uh. Okay. Is that from 1800-something? Yeah, yeah, that's an old
1: lawman, ancient lawman, cowboy lawman. Yeah. But yeah, it looks good. Thank you. It looks you. really good. But I the uh, barbecue, I mean, when you eat a half a pound of meat and you still want more,
0: jeepers... Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that's really good.
0: Guest Barbecue is where we went. Yeah. Guest Barbecue on Franklin. Been around for years. Was a food truck. Brick and mortar on Franklin now. They took over, what was it, like Miknas or Mishnas? Yeah, Miknas. I just thought about that. No, they did. Um, I'll go first on my rating. People have said I've got a garbage food palette, but whatever. I take all things into account. I take the taste of the food, the price, the um, the atmosphere of the restaurant. The restaurant's sweet. Mm-hmm. Great, great barbecue place. Yeah. Phenomenal uh the barbecue is insane um i've had it multiple times now but um i our audience knows i'm loyal to rudy's our audience doesn't know that they just learned i'm pretty loyal to rudy's once i find my spot like the place that i love and whatever yeah then it's like my it's like the king you know yeah
1: um like subway chocolate chip cookies yes yeah,
0: like subway chocolate chip cookies uh but honestly like the first bite i got pork and brisket I'm very particular about barbecue sauces. Like I dislike 90% of barbecue sauces I try. Uh, Rudy's is the king for me. Yeah. Guess barbecue sauce is insane. Yeah, If I had to pick one for the rest of my life, I'd still probably pick Rudy's. But that would probably be number two of everything I've yeah, ever had. Yeah, that was phenomenal. Totally insane. The first like bite or two of brisket, I really was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Now that I'm thinking through like reviewing this, it was like this is... Mind blowingly good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, brisket and and pulled pork with the uh with yeah, the was wondering sauce. How, The pulled pork, which very you think good. It was it? Pork to me doesn't have a ton of right. taste, ton of flavor, just yeah. in general. But it was still good. Yeah. Uh the price, this is apparently I mean, right now there's this whole barbecue thing that's like I think they're competing to see who can charge the most. I think yeah. most restaurants go, hey, let's try to beat the competition. I think barbecue places are saying, hey, they charge $67 for half a pound of brisket. Let's charge $74. I think that's what's going on in that world. So not unique to guests, but like extremely expensive for lunch. Like if you just want to go get lunch. Yeah. It's like you can pick this place for $5, this place for 8 this place for 10 Really, I need a pound. Um yeah. We walked out. I need a pound of meat. Yeah. I don't really get the sides. I don't get bread. I need a pound. And the problem is like a pound of brisket's like 14 bucks. Yeah. So um, it's just expensive. Yeah. But yeah. again, that's not unique to guests so much. I think I think even Rudy's, you know, Rudy's is kind of so. up there. Yeah. Right? Rudy's, yeah. Um, anyway, phenomenal. Yeah. Phenomenal. I'm, it was
1: breathtaking 9.3 Yeah, yeah easy 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 the only down yeah again the downfall is, oh wow a little sticker shock yeah you know but yeah it, it's interesting because we're going to try to start hitting different barbecue yeah. places um that one's going to be really tough to beat yeah you know Yep. i so mean even, sure even sure i'm good thinking good. off the top of my head some of my go-tos that's going to be really tough to beat
0: yeah so it'll be fun very good yeah um yeah.
1: Highlights of the summer
0: (laughs) highlights of my summer. So the summer has been great. We went on vacation like we do every single summer in Florida. That was a little chaotic. Um, tropical storm blew through the weather was better than we were expecting, but it was worse than we were ever hoping. Hmm. So it's just off and on of some sunny hours or sunny days. So honestly, all things said and done can't complain about the weather necessarily, but we all were sick the whole time. Um, with some weird sickness. Uh, all of us, the kids, myself, Brenna, la- ended up with her, uh, all the mucus from the sickness, giving her like a severe double ear infection. So, vacation, ER in the middle of the night with Fibers. one of my boys, yeah. in the middle of the night, waking up to my wife in severe pain. Just kind of chaotic. Uh, the chaos followed us home. Um, so, actually, what I would say is my highlight is this past weekend, parents gave us tickets to see Sebastian Monoscalco. Who's like I think been the number one comedian on the circuit in America for um, the past couple of years, and just bonkers funny. I'm a Jim Gaffigan guy. Jim Gaffigan's my favorite. Saw him live. Who's phenomenal, right? Sebastian was a Whoa. couple levels a- a- over and above. I mean, really bonkers funny. His opener was really funny, uh, and Sebastian was just unbelievable so
1: is it is it his stories his jokes stories. is his presentation is
0: it's all of it it's his stories it's his italian immigrant mm-hmm. background so he talks a lot about his italian family and yeah. his father which is just different than american culture and yeah. just has a ton of fun with that respectfully makes fun of his wife a lot which is simultaneously making fun of him and how their personalities are different that's great uh, makes fun of just nothing is off limits he's pretty none of his jokes i would say are like vulgar yeah i mean if if cussing bothers you i mean he does cuss every now and then yeah but for the most part very uh like intelligent comedy he's not relying on like vulgar stuff right to shock you anyways i would highly 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 recommend go see him i mean i'm to the point of like i'm not going to because the minimum ticket's like 80 bucks. I literally want to buy people tickets. Like handing out gospel <laughs> tracks. I want to be like, hey, I've got tickets. So how often
1: will he come through town? So he'll come through Dallas, what, once a year? I think he's,
0: or? yeah, probably once a year on his tour. If he tours once a year, which I don't know if they do. I don't know much about the comedy circuit thing. Yeah. uh, w- Once a year. So, That's so great. Um, That's great. Unbelievable. That's probably, I'm probably missing something big. It was probably like my wife's birthday. It was. I think her birthday is June second. Um, yeah, that was probably the highlight.
1: That's good. No, I, my highlight is the is definitely the the beach. The beach is the happy place, and so we did. We went in June instead of going in July, and I think that was a good move. Honestly, the mm-hmm. weather was just perfect. We had no storms, yeah. no nothing. And in July, you do can kind of get a little more wonky with the weather, yeah. which is interesting. But um, perfect, and there wasn't as many. People yet out on their summer vacation yet, so I think everybody goes in july so i i I think our our bumping it up into June uh was a good call, and we were in Boca Raton and uh some dear friends here um lent us their place for ten days eleven days so it was just if you've never been there, it's a fantastic place um they I guess that town decided that they didn't want to commercialize their beachfronts. So they have parks and it's really nice and then really, really expensive houses Mm -hmm. if you're on the beach. But just a great, great time. Um, Yeah, I think one of the things that uh, was really kind of funny, I guess, but it was it made me think I became self-conscious about it is uh, Ty. We had Ty. uh, He's 11 and we. Let him bring a friend, so that he has someone to to play with, as well as the older kids. And we were going to pick up bikes to go biking. And in the back seat, uh, I hear them say, "That's eleven times," and I'm like, "What's eleven times?" and uh, And they said, "Well, that's the eleventh time you've since we've been in the car, you've said what the Sam Hill."
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so they have a gambling problem. They're a little addicted. They've been betting on how many times. So. All 11 days, every time I said that, 25, Uh -uh. 55, that's, that's what it was like. So I am very conscious now of saying that. And, uh, but it was really kind of funny. So now we got a running joke with those two boys about where I'm at. And then they wanted to know there there is a a real person named Sam Hill, but that's what that's, I yeah. got it from my grandfather.
0: Yeah. Where does that phrase come from? It is
1: some, it's some guy named Sam Hill. And I think it had to do like in, in, uh, in a battle or something, trying to find out where this officer was, or uh-uh. where, you know, where yeah. is Sam Hill? What the Sam Hill? Yeah. And, uh, anyhow, I, all I know is I got it from my pop-up and yeah. I got it as a kid and never shook it. <laughs> I've been saying it ever since and evidently more than I care to.
0: Oh yeah. That's your phrase. Yeah.
1: What the Samuel? Uh, yeah. <laughs> could, could pick the, a little saucier, sassier one, but
0: that's yeah, a good one. That is It is a it's unique to you. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's do, um, Let's do some kind of uh, snapshots, give the people some nuggets. Um, uh, especially especially if you're here at Redeemer, this is kind of some previews and of some stuff that you actually will be, get to dive deeper into. Yeah. Of course, a lot of this, if not all of it, will be on YouTube at some point. Um, right now, you're doing kind of a mini-series yeah. on uh, that you're calling, I think, The Deep End. Yeah. On who is God really. So where... Um, how did Where, that come about? Yeah, how, how did it come about, and what's kind of on your mind with that? Yeah, it?
1: well, generally, generally, what ends up happening is, is I, I take a bunch of books that I want to read, and I go into my summer vacation. And during summer vacation, I'm um, looking and listening for God to uh, personally speak me back to life again after uh, an extended play. You know, I got extended rest. Uh, I'm certainly looking for him to do that throughout the year. But when there's this more relaxed listening, no agenda, go a couple of days at a nice place and just have that kind of listening, uh, wanting to be spoken back to life again, um, read some good stuff. And then as I churn it and hear it, I I talk to God about it, like now I have something to say because I'm being spoken to kind of reality. Uh, Generally, ideas or um, direction or books or topics or themes or aspects of Jesus uh, or the gospel that's highlighted in certain books, and I usually go from Old Testament to New Testament, so I kind of have an idea that... uh, you know, I'm either if I ended with the New Testament in the spring, I'm probably going to hit the Old Testament in the fall. It's not a guarantee, but I'm kind of in that mindset. And generally, during that time, things rise to the surface and things hook my heart and capture my imagination. And and uh, and so it was no different. I, I took a book uh, uh, that you were reading, that my brother was reading, uh, by Dane Ortlund, um called Gentle and Lowly, right? And uh, that began to work on me. And I think what really struck me was uh, why I really wanted to do it was this kind of tapping the deep end of who God is, but in the context of what this past year and a half has revealed about our view of God. Like, it seems to me that uh, one thing that's kind of certain— in the culture, we all will say that, but even I think most of us will admit now in the church uh, that what's happening in the church and what's happening in the culture certainly communicates that our view of God must change, that there's something wrong with our view of God. Even if we don't know what that is, we just know that Gosh, something needs to change, and we know too that um, as I've talked with more and more people, being a pastor, you as well. Obviously, when we're the pastoral care this past year and a half, the dynamics of people and the things they're expressing, and it's not just localized here at Redeemer, but it's now universal in the church. There is a to you know piggyback off the the current event, but there's a spiritual pandemic that's striking mm-hmm. us and. I mean, more and more people are communicating this deep disconnect that they're feeling with God, like, um, feeling disconnected from God, feeling disconnected from each other, their relationships, even their close ones that they've been, uh, quarantining with, you know, the whole time and a disconnect with the church, with their church and a disconnect with what the mission of the church is. So given all that, it, that tells me as well this is another our view of god must change there's that's a a symptom it seems to me of um of our view of god so mm-hmm. that's why we're coming we hit it last sunday we're going to hit it again for probably about 5 more sundays but just hit what we're calling the deep end it's time to kind of push away from the kiddie pool and move towards the deep end and learn to swim in the deep end like who is god really what is the the deepest Glories of God. What are the deepest places of His heart, um, and why does that matter? Mm-hmm. Um, what would you knowing what God's deepest glory that that He actually tells about Himself and that He wants you to know? Um, what would that do to you and to me, and what would it do to the church? What would it do to the mission of the church? How would it shape our community? How would it shape the Christian life? And that's, so that's why that's happening.
0: That's awesome. Which by the way, I preached on, um, Matthew 11. Yeah. Come to me all your weary. but you should, you should still do that again during this deal if you want to. Oh,
1: yeah, maybe I will.
0: I, I, yeah, I I mean, yeah, I wouldn't avoid it because of repeat because that text is so good that, that, I mean. If someone said, I'm going to preach on this text five weeks in a row, yeah, why not? I'm game,
1: yeah, then I'll wait till if I do that. That's why I'm waiting, I don't want to listen to it until after I do it. Um,
0: all right, so so that's that, and then in the uh fall, yeah, um, which by the way, Gentle and Lily by Dane Ortland, I think Dane is maybe a pastor in our denomination, I can't remember. He is, I think he is, yeah, yeah. That book is phenomenal. Yep. Uh, it, it is, you, you said it's on kind of your top five right yeah. now. It is 100% easy on my top five. Yeah. Actually, another one of his books, Defiant Grace, has been on my top five forever of books that it's just like, I'll just read them and reread them. Yep, that's it. It's like, I'm going to take it on vacation every year, probably read it. It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. It's totally, clearly hit a nerve in the church, like all over the place. Yeah. Uh, our, our women's ministry, I think, is kind of studying it. I wanted to preach on a text from it that he, that he talks about a lot, yeah. obviously you did. So, uh, I would figure out a way to pick that book up. without um, a doubt. If you need financial help to get it, call us. Yes.
1: In fact, I think I, th- I found out that the books are coming out in August. Okay. So I did find out we ordered Sweet. a bunch Sweet, of them. Yeah. We got like a hundred of them coming. So anyhow, yes, they'll be available here if you'd like to get one.
0: Um, all right, fall, in yeah. the fall, you're doing uh, Judges and Galatians. Typically, typically you preach through one book of the Bible at a time. That's what uh, normal <laughs> yes. preachers and pastors do. Right. You're doing uh, Judges and Galatians. Where'd that come from? Uh,
1: yes, gosh, it's so... I know, I've never done this before, but never, never. Never even thought of cross crossing the lines of the biblical books and their powers, but... Um, Okay, so the way this came about. So again, I'm in my summer and one of the things I do in the summer too is uh in slowing down, one of the things that's just always been so good for my soul is to translate a book in the Bible. And it slows me down, it gets me uh in a reading gently mode, it gets me in a, a high high listening mode cuz your observations and your listening and your curiosity are just, and your you you can approach a text, luxuriate in the text, but you, regardless of your familiarity, when you have to translate it, it's not familiar. So that's always helpful. I don't know why, because some of the English translations, I get used to, I get used to the ring of the words in my ear and in my head, but when I have to, oh, okay, I got to think about what what is this word. <laughs> Um so I was reading translating through Galatians. Uh and so that was really the one that and I and then I just started after I would translate, I would read Luther's commentary again. And you know, I've read that millions of times and just struck again on um the immediate relevancy of the gospel for everything. <laughs> um yeah, I mean, it, I think like in our times today, if you were to say, "What what's the times of the church today? Uh, are we in an Athens culture, a pluralistic culture, uh, or are we in a Galatian culture? And it seems that we're more in a Galatian culture today for the church, that it's not about, you know, the good old days of, you know, everybody compete in the marketplace of ideas and we'll see truth rise to the surface. It seems more now we're being told what's true and told what to believe. Right. So I think Galatians is appropriate there. But the other thing is, is, uh, just the, the wonder and the, uh, when Paul, when Paul was talking about kind of the motivational structure behind what takes someone away from the gospel that intrigued me. So, in In the first chapter, he's laying out that there's the gospel, and then there are there are substitute gospels that are no gospels at all, as he says right so everyone has to have a gospel there's the, basically Galatians is saying everyone has a gospel. The issue is whether you have the one that God gives or whether you have a substitute but I thought what was profound about that first chapter and looking at it afresh as opposed to my familiar eyes was that how Paul attacked the motivational structure that leads you away from the the true gospel, which is this desire to please men, mm. and I that just hit me mm-hmm. in a whole new way. Mm-hmm. And it's not like you think, oh, you're a people pleaser. You know, you don't know who you are. No, it's more about wanting the approval mm-hmm. of a human being. Um, that that becomes. The shaper of your soul, as opposed to a cosmic approval, and that that addiction to be approved is what drives us to find false gospels. Mm. So anyhow, that hit me afresh, and then I thought, well, you know, well, okay, I could do Galatians, um, but all of a sudden, judges jumped in uh, in terms of the kind of where the culture is, where there's a there's a line in Judges that says everyone does what's right in their own eyes, but mm-hmm. we tend to think, oh, you know, whatever we think is right, whatever we think is good, or whatever in our own eyes, whatever we think is true. Yeah, that 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 is one of the meanings, but that's actually the bottom rung meaning. When it's talking about everyone's doing what's right in their own eyes, it's the same thing that's going on in Galatians. Everyone is trying to justify themselves in their own eyes. Everybody's trying to be their own savior. Everybody's looking for a gospel. Mm -hmm. So I thought, let's put the action and the chaos of Judges together with the clear exposition and clarity of Galatians and see what happens. And that's how those two came about. And honestly, when I went into my study week, I did not know exactly what this was going to look like. And still, I'm not absolutely positive, but I think it might look something like this. So when we do do it in Galatians or in uh, Judges, it opens up the first two chapters are just kind of summarizing the whole book for us. They're just, it's crazy. It just says, here's the whole book in a nutshell, and then it goes through the book. Mm-hmm. But one of the things it says, it's this, is that, okay, the gist is that God has given uh, Joshua and that generation, 90% of the promised land. He's conquered. it. It's done. It's over. And then this next generation comes up and basically saying, okay, God's saying to them, all right, you, you've got, of the work's done. It's 10 percent's left for you, man. Mm -hmm. It's all you got. It's all you got to do is 10% and it's yours. (laughs) And they obviously couldn't do 10%. And so it was this, it was this, wow. And then you go to Galatians and the heart of Galatians is in chapter three where Paul says, are you an idiot? Mm -hmm. Are you so stupid? Having begun by the gospel, having begun by Jesus and his work, the Spirit, are you now trying to do the 10%? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I think that these are going to fit nicely Mm -hmm. together. So I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to find from Judges more of the historical divine drama of salvation, and then take from Galatians a clear exposition of it. And it might be the same message for two weeks, but it's going to be completely different and then take one one of the judges and then and then find something from galatians that uh, parallels it and then take another judge and keep doing that through the rest of the book mm-hmm. so that's that
0: that's great i can't wait um man i was just even thinking of you talking about judges applying to the culture and and the concept of like wanting approval i mean how how uh how deep is that in our culture right now with just um, with a culture a, a very sensitive yeah um, very sensitive culture of, of like this to protect everybody's feelings? Yes, the slightest the slightest hint that maybe this person doesn't agree with everything I think and everything I do and everything I say um, makes me it hurts me. Mm-hmm. Right. It hurts me, and I need them to think different, believe different, say different um, be, because I'm just so. I, at, at, at what I'm trying to say is that that's at, so, good, yeah. so deep in it is this like I wake up without any sense of approval. Yep. And therefore, the second I hear, even someone I've never met, don't know, and should not care about. Way across the distance of the internet, they might say something about me. Not even about me, just about something I think, say, do. Yeah. If I hint a, a hint disapproval. of disapproval, unearths that deep feeling that I already woke up with, which yep. is I'm not approved. Yep. By I I don't have the approval I need. Yeah. I'm not sure where it should come from. Whatever. Um, man. Yeah. He, and then know. it seems it seems like that's where
1: that seems like the the spirit, yeah, the
0: heart. And the, splintered uh, chaos. Yes. Right? Judges is this kind of like splintered chaos of everyone that they don't have this king yeah. leading them. Our in our culture society feels so like this splintered yeah. chaotic uh di- d- divided you know, not not everyone, right? But but right. there's a there's a big part of our country that's just this S- sensitive, waiting to be a victim, yep. um, y- you know, and, and my goodness, what happens when actual disagreement comes, comes, can you, can you withstand that? Because you have mm. a deeper approval, right? Yeah. You, you have this deeper sense of approval and security that, you know, I think it's the Psalm, the Psalmist says, though my mother and father forsake me, yeah, uh, you Lord will, I can't remember what he says, you'll keep me or you'll be with yeah. me. You will That's the it. most insane sense of like, if yeah. mom and dad say, you're not my son anymore. I'll still have a sense of security because of the Lord, you know? I mean, that's,
1: and it seems that that's, I mean, that's what everybody is longing for. Craving. Yeah. 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 And it, but isn't it interesting that, that, that insecurity of that fear of disapproval can drive good things and it can drive a lot of bad things. And, um, Yeah, and I think in our culture today and inside the church, it's driving pretty much almost everything. Yeah. It's crazy. Everybody, I mean, oh my word. I just think about... When I was in in my church history class, I'll just never forget Dr. Hannah is a professor at Dow Seminary. When we got to Luther, we got this part of studying church history. And in the middle of talking about Luther, he just stopped in the middle of class, and he looked up at us like he was just becoming aware that we're there. (laughs) And he goes, he says to us, he says, you know, you wouldn't like Luther. Yeah. And I'm absolutely positive he wouldn't like you. (laughs) And I think that, you know, today, man, the greatest sin, right, is being disapproved and not being liked and not being agreed with. So much so that you're willing to do incredible violence to make sure everybody agrees with you.
0: And ironically, it's totally fine to not like, you know, to not like people. Right. It's just totally not okay to not be liked. You know, it's like, well, how does this work? You know? Um, it's uh, yeah, I was listening to someone say something about you know, um, it, it's uh, y- y- you can offend someone as long as you're like talking about how you can't offend anyone or yeah. something like that. You yeah. know, it's it's just this splintered, chaotic spiral into chaos that we've kind of gone into as a culture, anyway. I'm kind of taking us down a rabbit trail of just I was just that thought came to my mind about judges and yeah. just that whole concept of approval in our culture and. Uh, how that can connect. Um, All right. We hit 29 minutes to end this thing under 30 minutes uh, to retain the audience or our future audience. Uh, Maybe we'll talk about next week, uh, kind of some nuggets behind the class on spiritual disciplines coming up in the fall, the class on dead doctrine coming up in the fall. Um, And and maybe I'll talk a little bit about uh, the 12 tough topics we're going to do in the youth, uh, which I'm looking forward to a, a lot, talking a lot, a lot of cool i think tough topics so um until then next week new barbecue review which is why all of you guys tune in we will do that uh talk about a little bit more of what's coming up um and then maybe start hammering out some other more specific podcast series and topics so uh until then